Welcome into another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. It's season 10, episode 4. We got two great guests for you tonight. First, Jacob Webb, the newly named Prover Central Blue Devil head football coach. Next up will be Jason Romano, the director of media for Sports Spectrum and former ESPN Emmy winning producer. Should be a great episode. Hope you enjoy. Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle? Why, that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picayune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. If you're looking for a place for that much-needed pregame meal, a place to just take in the game, or a place to have your post-game celebration, visit Champion Sports Bistro. They are a family-oriented sports bistro located at 113 West Canal Street in downtown Picayune. With food and drink specials throughout the week, Champions is a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner. They are open Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1. Champion Sports Bistro is Picayune's Bistro for Champions. We're now joined by the new head football coach of the Pearl River Central Blue Devils, and this is Jacob Webb coming to Pearl River Central by Jackson Academy over in Jackson, Alabama. Coach, congratulations and welcome to the show. Man, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Coach, let's start with what attracted you to the Pro River Central opportunity and, and kind of what that process was like to, to get the head football coaching job there. Well, you know, I, I was coached by uh, two head coaches in high school from Mississippi, and they always talked about how tough the kids were over there. And, you know, so I was in the back of my mind. I thought, man, if, you know, it might be fun to coach where, where they came from. But, uh, you know, didn't know a whole lot of Pearl River Central. Did a little research on them. You know, know they've been down a little bit. Uh, you know, I think a lot of coaches like a challenge, and I, I know it'll be just that, but uh, but also know they've had some success over there, too. Uh, and, you know, so you, when you look at things, you kind of check out the area. Seems like a nice area to live. Uh, went over there and met with some people, and they're just phenomenal people, and, uh, you know, just kind of felt right. So uh, when they offered, we took it. Coach, when you look at where you're coming from, will you tell our listeners, you know, particularly in Pearl River uh, County, but in South Mississippi, what what football is uh, like over at Jackson Academy, that area of your state, and, and kind of what listeners can expect from you? Well, I, well you know, the, our school is on Highway 43 in Alabama. And it's, I mean, it's, it's got some, some really good uh, schools, a lot of football tradition. Every school on 43 right in this area pretty much has won championships. Uh, a lot of good talent over here in this area. Uh, you know, public and private, uh, a lot of really good football. I, I expect it to be very similar. Uh, you know, it's in the South, football's king. Uh, everybody, you know, everybody's fanatical about it. That, you know, that's good. Uh, we, uh, you know, we're going to play clean, hard-nosed football. Uh, can't tell you what we're going to do offensively, defensively. I, I think you got to check the kids out, kind of see what we can do. Uh, but we're going to be physical. We're going to be in good shape. Uh, we're going to be sound. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're going to have good men. Um, you know, so they go and be good husbands and fathers. Coach, when I look at your record um, in the past few years there at Jackson Academy, one of the things that really stands out is your region record. Can you kind of speak to our listeners on uh, 
your past record, those wins and losses, and, and particularly, man, that's some strong uh, region play that, that I was able to see there. Well, we, you know, we, we had a good group of kids come through, really bought in. These kids uh, now, they were starting as eighth and ninth graders on a varsity team because, you know, they wanted it. They bought in, uh, worked their tails off. And, uh, you know, they, that year, you know, maybe not as good as they want to, we, we made it to the playoffs, uh, went and played, you know, who everybody thought was going to be the state champion that year in the first round. You know, everybody's telling us, you know, y'all going to get beat by 30 or 40. Well, we led the game up until four seconds left. Uh, with, with a very young football team and and those kids when i tell you they they you know that fired them up they got ready to work for the next year uh they were unbelievable in the weight room all off season um you know even doing extra preparing themselves they, they got a little taste of what it was like to play with the big dogs and they, and they knew they could play with them and you know kind of the next three years is, is history a little bit just kind of what the kids are doing you know uh, every every coach is only as good as his kids you know i do i do think coaches make positive impacts and they make a difference in the program but you got to have kids that are willing to buy in and these kids when i tell you they work their tails off and they were hungry and uh and they just got after it so the next you know next next few years had a really good run based off a bunch of young kids that Almost pulled off, you know, maybe mm. the upset uh, of the year that year up until, you know, and they did up until four seconds left. They scored, you know, and then uh, right there to end on us. But, uh, you know, they gave them a lot of confidence going in the next couple of years. And like I say, kids got to work hard. Anything worth doing, you got to work hard for it. And they did it and, uh, you know, had a really good run the last, the last three years. Uh, I don't think we lost a region game. Uh, we lost one regular season game in the last three years, and that was against a team with a higher classification uh that you know well, we wish we would have had that game back and you know the other the other few losses within playoff state championship game and obviously those didn't go the way we wanted it to uh you know uh but you know the kids got there if you told them that in eighth and ninth grade about halfway through the year they probably wouldn't believe that it got in that situation but they definitely did and the, the program's strong over here and a lot of really good players coming back over here next year so you know be rooting for them, hope for a lot of success for them. And, you know, they're still hungry. They worked out really good yesterday, even after I, I told them of the news. So uh, they're hungry. And, and, you know, if you do things the right way uh, and do everything you're supposed to do, you're going to have success uh, in everything you do. And these, these kids know that. and they, They're still working. And, uh, you know, the kids just got to put in the time. I mean, it, you know, it's not about the coach. You know, the coach can only do so much. They got to they gotta want to work. And those kids have done that. And they're going to continue to work. And, and don't be surprised if they're they're not making a run at it again next year. Coach Webb, in your in your answer there, you mentioned the classification. Can you kind of give our listeners of what what size school that is, and then moving over to a fast growing six A program on the public side in Mississippi, and in some of the ways that that may be different. And you mentioned a challenge, some ways that that may challenge you, or something that you may be looking forward to in that. Yeah, so uh, we're a 1A now. We have been a 2A. Uh, could possibly go back up to 2A. School's growing. It could be a 3A before long. Uh, also, I was a head coach of the public school, too. We were 1A. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be different in the, uh, in the amount of players you have, but you're also going to have more coaches. Uh, you know, I, I believe football is football. Uh, if you're sound in what you're doing, you're going to be fine. Uh but, you know, it's going to be different. You're going to have more kids. You know, I think we dress like 30 this year. I'm hoping we get 60, 70, 80, whatever we can possibly get out over there. But, uh, you know, having more assistance, that's going to help out, you know. 
and I might be able to delegate some things that, you know, I haven't been able to delegate in the past, but uh, I know they got some really good guys on staff over there. Hopefully we can get some, some more guys in to help, but, uh, you know, we like the challenge. I know, you know, looking back, Pearl River's grown over the years and uh, hopefully it continues to grow, but, you know, that everybody wants to take a shot at a bigger job and, you know, this is our opportunity and we're going to make the most out of it, but, you uh, we're not we're not scared of it we're gonna get after it because you know i say kids are the same pretty much everywhere uh they want you to love them come in coaching tough and 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 you know be consistent with them that's what we're gonna do but uh yeah you know it's gonna be a step up but uh you know we've had a lot of success here when you have a lot of success you know you feel like you're ready for the next thing so uh that's where we're at now Coach, you kind of cut me off at the pass, which some coaches will do to a to a guy like me on asking scheme type uh, questions earlier yeah. with one of your answers. But um, any type of scheme that, that I know you mentioned, seeing what the personnel is going to give you, but any right. kind of schemes you lean towards offensively, defensively. Well, we're going to make sure we can run the football. I don't care where you are; you got to be able to run the football. So we're we're going to make sure we can do that in whatever way we can do that. It be spread, wing T, doesn't matter, I formation. Uh, you know, all, all that really doesn't matter to me as long as, you know, we're doing what we need to do to be successful. But, uh, you know, I like running the football. That don't mean we're going to run it 95% of the time. But I believe every team's got to run the football. Even the late, great Mike Leach would hand it off every now and hmm. then. So, That's right. Uh, you got to make sure you, you can uh, – be sound up front, both sides of the ball. I think that's where the games are won. Uh, but you got to be, you know, you got to be able to wear it, air it out, and get your athletes in space too. But uh, I say I've, I've watched a little film till I get over there and start meeting some of them next week, and, and on into spring ball. Uh, you know, we'll come up with a plan for that. But we're we really open for anything. I've had to run a little bit of different uh, stuff. You know, pretty much every year wherever I've been. Uh, and I, and I think that's a good thing because, you know, I'm, I'm open to one thing. I'm not setting my ways uh, to say, no, this is exactly what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it because uh, you don't have the same guys every year. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing is we're going to run the football. We're going to be physical up front and uh, be sound and, you know, all that other stuff is going to take care of itself. Coach Webb, I know that you're a USA guy, South Alabama um, yes, sir. guy. Is there any particular college program or, or pro that, you know, a, a particular coach or two that you kind of study and, and not, uh, you know, I think we all kind of mimic folks out in front of us, but but any uh, particular coach or two that you, you look up to and, and try to pattern yourself after? Well, I, I think I just want to be me is the biggest thing. I think everybody's got to be yourself. But, yeah, there's obviously stuff you try to take, you know, from people. I mean, you know, there's Nick Saban. You, you know, everybody wants to be like Nick Saban, most successful college coach of all time. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you, you got to be yourself wherever you go. I mean, you take and you learn from everybody. And, you know, if you're smart enough to do that, uh, you'll be a better coach every year. But, uh, you know, obviously everybody wants to be saving, but not everybody can bring in five stars and wheels, <laughs> right. you know, so that, that, that helps out. But, no, I, I mean, I, I study a little bit of air raid stuff and a and, and, uh, little bit of wing tee stuff. I mean, you, you try to get, you know, what you can from everybody. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, you got to be yourself, you know, as far as your attitude and how you go about doing things. But, uh, you know, you're kind of foolish if you think you can do it all on your own and, and you can't learn from other people. So, yeah, I try to pull from other coaches. And, and honestly, I, you know, I, I try to get stuff from other high school coaches more so than, than college or pro necessarily because, you know, there's there's guys that's done at this level. And, you know, you can't always do because you don't have the four and five stars all the time. Uh, you got to be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more creative in some ways because I, I saw something the other day 
you know, college and pro coaches talking about, you know, stuff comes up from high school sometimes. You know, they'll, they'll sure. find some things that high schools are doing helps to success. So uh, you just got to be open and learn from everybody and just be yourself and uh, get, get what you can from people and, and try to be the best coach you can possibly be. Coach, I got one more question. I know your uh, time's tight. I thank you again for spending some time with us. You're coming out of Alabama. Kind of, we we know what the reputation for Alabama high school football is uh, over this way. Would you kind of tell our listeners how the state of Mississippi's viewed and and how Alabama folks kind of think of our state over this side of the border and the way that we compete year in and year out in high school football? Oh, yeah, man, I, I think there's a lot of respect on both sides, honestly. I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, it's a bunch of, you know, kids from the South that worked hard, a lot of country boys, and, and uh, you know, they're out in the heat working themselves to death in the summers getting mm-hmm. ready. And, you know, uh, you, mean, you just look at the number of kids that go to, you know, go on to the, the college level or NFL level from both states, you know, and not for not be as populated as most states in the country. It's, it's you know, it's crazy, but... Uh, very respected. I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up pretty much on the Mississippi line, so, I, you know, I got a little feel for, you know, how it's been going. I was coached by two guys from Mississippi. Uh, you know, grew up watching some Wayne County games. I know y'all know a little yeah. bit about them. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about it because I think there's going to be a lot of similarities, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to learn some differences. But I think it's a lot of respect on both sides. I think it's great high school football in both sport, uh, states. Coach Webb, man, thank you again. And once again, welcome to you and your family to Pearl River County. Well, I appreciate it. We're very, very excited to get going. Go Devils. Thank you, Coach. The Greater Pecuniary Chamber of Commerce provides the tools you need to succeed as a business owner and community influencer. As a member of the Chamber, your commitment has personal payback. The Chamber offers numerous opportunities to get involved throughout the year whether it is through networking events, committee involvement, community programs, or special events. By taking advantage of the Chamber's resources, your business can develop and thrive. Visit us at greaterpicunechamber.org or drop by our office, which is located at 201 Highway 11 North. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance. The local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popleville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. We are now fired up to be joined by Jason Romano, the podcast host for Sports Spectrum, an intersection of faith and sports. Jason, man, thank you so much for taking time for the podcast. Yeah, no problem, Clay. Thanks for having me. Jason, please excuse my voice, man. This is a combination of allergies and, and Little League baseball that <laughs> that we have going on here today. But um, if you would, Jason, I know some of our listeners, because I've heard from them, are already familiar with what Sports Spectrum is and what it's about. But could you kind of give our listeners an overview of what your role 
there is and how you got there. Yeah, Sports Spectrum is a sports media company. I call it a media ministry in many ways that tells stories on the intersection of sports and faith. And I am the director of media with Sports Spectrum, but as you mentioned, I'm the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. We launched that six years ago in March uh, 31st of 2017. Uh, Sports Spectrum's actually been around a long time, since 1985. And, you know, I'm just standing on the shoulders of the people, you know, who carried that torch way before I ever came around for Sports Spectrum. Uh, Prior to my time at Sports Spectrum, I was a producer at ESPN here in Bristol, Connecticut, and I I was there for 17 years. So I had quite the extensive experience working uh, at ESPN, working on their television programming, working on uh, their radio side, and then working on social and digital media my last few years there. So I had a lot of experience in this media world, in this broadcasting world, but I also have a strong faith and I love I love Jesus and opportunities kind of came through oh, a couple months prior to potentially leave ESPN to go to Sports Spectrum. And uh, I just felt like the Lord was leading me there and said yes and tried to be obedient. And now I've been there almost six years. Jason, when I look at your your story and I, and I've seen some of your background on how special it was to get the opportunity to to go work at ESPN, a guy I believe is as you said as a as a kid that was kind of almost your dream scenario. And then what type of faith it must have uh, taken to step out in faith and and to follow where where our Lord wanted you to be. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say dream because I think when I was a kid. Um, I didn't dream that big, or even when I was like in high school or college, my dream was to maybe be a local sports anchor, you know, on the, on the Albany, New York, NBC affiliate, you know, where I grew up Sure. and there would have been nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's still, I think one of the coolest jobs you can be is like a sports anchor for a local team or a local media outlet. But yeah, when I got to ESPN, I, I remember pinching myself that first day walking in there and thinking somebody is actually paying me right now to talk and to produce and to pay attention to sports that you would have told me at 12 years old, if that was going to happen, I would have said, sign me up. And I would have said that about any sports, you know, outlet, much less ESPN. And certainly it felt like I got promoted to the big leagues really quick. Uh, if that's, you know, a comparison sure. and, uh, I certainly wasn't sure if I was ready, uh, but I was excited and, you know, I spent 17 years there. So I had a really great career there. Jason, the connections, the relationships built, uh, through your years there, how have those, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful to have you as a guest and I'm thankful that yeah. we had a one o'clock appointment <laughs> and the phone <laughs> rang near that. So I understand that you probably have felt that angst and that tension and, and booking guests, but boy, the way those connections have led to the guests that you've been able to have on and, and some of the stories that they have been able to share is per- pretty powerful stuff, huh? Yeah, it is. Um, it's really kind of overwhelming when I think about it sometimes because we've done it's like 1,200, 1,100 or 1,200 interviews, podcast com- conversation interviews in six years. That's a lot. Yes, And is. the only reason I know that is because there's a little button 
under the Apple podcast app that tells you how many episodes have been produced, and it's somewhere in the range of 1,100 or so, which is a lot. And listen, the conversations that we get to have are so unique to me because, you know, there's so many people in the world of sports that have a strong faith in the Lord, have a strong faith in God, and they don't get to talk about it much anywhere because ESPN or, you know, some of these other networks, and this is not a knock on them at all. This is just, that's what they do. They talk about sports and the faith aspect is usually something that they try to either avoid or they don't care about or whatever. So we get to do that. We get to ask athletes and coaches about the most important thing in their life that they never get to talk about. So I love that privilege. I love that honor. I don't take it for granted. And the fact that I'm even hosting is just insane because that's not what I did when I was at ESPN. I was a producer. And so I was the guy behind the scenes. And now for somebody to trust me to be able to actually, you know, host these these shows and, you know, facilitate these conversations is something I'm kind of overwhelmed with when I think about it, just talking to you. But yes, obviously my time at ESPN was great. I think what it did was it helped set me up, you know, for this sort of third into fourth quarter stage of my career where I can now do the work that I think is even more purposeful than any kind of work I ever did at ESPN. Your podcast, the website, the daily devotionals that you can uh, subscribe to really kind of make you, um, in, in my mind, I've got certainly my, my certain sports teams that I pull for. But then I find myself pulling for Kansas State, and I'm we're in South Mississippi, and I'm pulling yes. for Coach Tang, and I'm like, what am I doing here? But uh, the connections built through some of these strong testimonies kind of uh, pull you in a, in a strange sports uh, direction. Yeah, I'm a sports fan too. Don't get me wrong. I have the teams that I've rooted for since I was, you know, ten years old, and and still root for them today. And I have the teams that I want you know, to see win each time, each time they play. But you're right. Like now when I, when I work on stories like these, you know, conversations, interviews, see the coaches, see the players that have a strong faith, I suddenly find myself rooting for them because not just because they're Christian in essence, certainly that has a big part of it, but because I think when you win and you have a, a foundation of faith, it gives you a platform and an opportunity to, to really share that faith and to point people to something bigger than yourself. And we've seen that with Kansas State. Like the coach, Jerome Tang, holy cow, right? Like Hmm. that guy, every time he gets a microphone, he wants to, first of all, give praise and glory to God. But even what looks like, and I haven't talked to Coach Tang yet, I hope to do that this year, but what looks like a really amazing culture that he's building just in the first year there that he's the head coach, and that to me is really unique uh, and certainly something that I'm I'm fond of and I'm a fan of. And I think, you know, cultures are really interesting to think about in sports, right? And usually it's, they talk about, you know, the winning teams have the best culture. I always say a good, a good team that wins can help breed a good culture. But there's something about leading with faith and leading with humility uh, that I think really, uh, I don't know, I think it develops some camaraderie within the team. And I think it allows these players to go to bat for a coach and say, I'm going to do everything I can for that guy because of the way he carries himself, how much he loves me and how much he cares for me. Yeah. You mentioned the love. And I think that's how he led after uh, giving glory to 
to God was, you know, just the love between him and the players. And man, that was um, some yes. really cool stuff. You mentioned um, ESPN, your days there. I wanted to ask you your your opinion and, and how it was covered during the the tragic and then miracle type events of DeMar Hamlin and then actually seeing prayer televised mm. on ESPN and, and what you thought of that after spending your days there doing what you're doing now and how, how powerful that was. Yeah, it was very powerful. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, who's a former NFL quarterback who works at ESPN as an NFL analyst now, uh, and is one of the best in the business, if I might say so sure. myself, as an analyst. Um, Dan and I have known each other for about eight years. Uh, I've always known him to be a very humble guy, but a very, um, what's the right word, kind of direct guy, right? Like he, he believes what he believes he says, and, you know, he's paid to do that at ESPN with regards to football, but he also loves the Lord. And we've had many conversations on Sports Spectrum about his transformation, his testimony his story of coming to faith we've talked about that quite a bit so i knew dan was was a believer and that day after the demar hamlin incident he and i were texting a little bit and you know he he told me he was thinking about really praying because so many people have been saying thoughts and prayers mm. but he hasn't seen anybody actually pray and he was really wrestling with that and then ultimately Dan was obedient, and he actually prayed on ESPN that day, January, I think it was January 3rd, January 4th. And this has never been done in my my experience. I mean, when I was 17 years at ESPN, I didn't see anybody praying uh, on a TV show, you know, sure. certainly on ESPN. And so for somebody to say, you know, we'll be praying for them was great. But for somebody to actually do it, mm was to a whole nother level and i just and i i was not surprised when it resonated with so many different people on social media you know when i talked to dan right before the super bowl this year and I asked him about this he said that he was getting text messages and calls from people that he did not know but he wouldn't mention names because he didn't want to out anybody but he said these are people that are ultra famous like super high level famous people that were reaching out to him to just say, hey, good job. Wow. Thanks for doing that. And I thought, wow, you know, sometimes, mm -hmm. and he wrestled with this. Um, he told me, he's like, listen, I was wrestling with this right up until I actually did it. But wow, what a cool testimony. And I think it's a good reminder, especially when, when everything happened to DeMar, I think we realized pretty quickly that we are a nation of people who gravitate to spiritual things. You know, when the rubber meets the road and we're going through difficult times, I think all of us gravitate to prayer. And that means something spiritual is born within us. You know, the Bible talks about eternity being placed in our hearts. I think there's a, a, a knack for that. And I think it's usually when there are moments that are, you know, hard to watch or difficult to see, or even like when you're desperate, like what happened with DeMar. We were all desperate to see this young man survive. So we were praying for him. And prayer suddenly became acceptable on every single level of, of sports and team and social media and, and regular media. Like prayer was something that everybody was okay with in that moment. And I think if we could get to a place where that would be okay in all moments, because I think ultimately all of us are going to have to figure out where we're going to go when we pass away. And that's, 
real. And that's something that I, that's why I think we gravitate towards prayer or why we think when we go to a funeral that everybody ultimately is going to be spending, spending eternity in heaven or being somewhere because it's ingrained in us. And ultimately I think that's why I'm so passionate about Christ and wanting to share the love of Christ and the hope that's found in him. And uh, I know Dan is that way too. Jason, when you look at your story and to tell it, I mean, on the other side of it, seeing how successful uh, you've been, how successful the podcast, the transition has been, but um, a, a rough patch there at all where you really truly, and we've talked about the faith that it took, but the faith after the fact to say, boy, have I messed up here or, or some um, things yeah. that you leaned on inside of after the decision, whereas you just said there, maybe not quite as desperate a situation, but where the rubber meets the road and you're thinking, okay, I'm, I've, I've stepped out in faith and now I'm yeah. in this and, and maybe some rough times that you, you prayed through or worked through. Yeah, ultimately, those rough times were in making the decision to leave. And then within that first, I would say, six months to a year at Sports Spectrum where I, first of all, making the decision to leave ESPN was a very big one, obviously. And I was leaving comfort. I was leaving uh, a very um, lucrative job that was paying very well for me. And, you know, there's doubts that creep in in situations like that. There's moments when you think, am I really doing the right thing here? And, you know, praying through that, trusting in God and believing that God's plans were we're going to see that through was part of it, but then you actually have to go through it. Right. And, and when I went through it, it was, it was a 40% pay cut. There were no benefits. There were no guarantees. It was basically a one year contract to go to sports spectrum. And I just still felt like the Lord was saying like, this is where I want you to be. And that first year, you know, working in essence, a part-time job, I was not full time with Sports Spectrum that first year. I think they were paying me to work 24 hours or something. Um, really not knowing where where this was all going. I, I I felt like I was always in the right place. You know, there was never a moment now in six years where I'm like, I don't want to work here or I don't feel like I'm in the right place. But you still have your doubts. And then ultimately, about a year and a half later, you know, I was named to you know, be full-time at Sports Spectrum and ultimately becoming the director of media. And I saw God, like, you know, working in those ways. But that first year, uh, I mean, and we were starting something brand new too, right? Like, even though Sports Spectrum had been around, you know, we were starting something that, you know, was brand new with regards to the podcast. And so we were trying to build that up and grow that and ultimately grow all of our audience, you know, our, our website, grow the magazine that we have, our quarterly magazine. And there was a lot, I felt a lot of pressure and also um, a lot of like, I don't know what the right word is, uneasiness maybe because it was, it was different and there was no clear, like, like how do you determine success? Sure. That's one of the things we were trying to figure out. Like what is success? Yes, we're growing, but what's success? And so we tried to set some goals um, and there was some turnover within the sports spectrum team in that first year. So there was a lot of things going on that just kind of, I don't know. I, I never felt, I never felt like I didn't have that peace, but I always, I guess, I guess I just was wondering like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Where are we going to end up? And, uh, you know, I just kept trusting God and, and believing that he had a good plans and 
and he has, and he does, and he, he always will. And, you know, God saw it through and I, I have zero regrets. Like there was never a moment when I've been at sports spectrum in six years that I said, man, I wish I was still back at ESPN. Wow. Not one time. Maybe, awesome. maybe except when I was buying my first Disney tickets for my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> because ESPN always gave everybody sure. that was full time free Disney tickets. And then the first time I'm, you know, at <laughs> Disney World having to buy my own tickets, and I'm like, wow, these things are expensive. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I have never once wanted to to go back or felt like I made the wrong move. Um, I hope it stays that way. You know, and yeah. I have no idea how long I'll be at Sports Spectrum. I have no idea. Um, I hope I can work there until I retire. And if not, you know, God will open up a door to find, you know, bring me somewhere else. And I, I, I really truly believe that because he did that when I left ESPN and he could do that if he wants wherever I go, not just in my job, but really in life. I've tried to teach that to my daughter, like just pursue the Lord hmm. and he will, as it says in Proverbs, he will direct your steps. Amen to that. Look, I, I'm at my time limit, Jason, but I wanted to ask one more um, yeah. question back to your producing days, your booking days. Um, and I'm sure you're still getting a, a lot of that um, in your current role. But any funny stories that kind of stick out or, or stand out when you're trying to line up a guest or, or produce and show? There's a lot of moving pieces and parts um, to that. Anything that kind of sticks out? in your days doing those a funny story producing at espn i mean there it was it was like uh it was like coming in and you know what the puzzle is supposed to look like but you don't have the pieces necessarily even with you to put it together each day you have the tools and you have the four letters to use espn when you call but those days of producing um, are always fascinating to me and i think it's always when there was breaking news i don't have one specific story well, maybe I do. I can share the story of the day George Steinbrenner passed away. And, you know, I was spending that day, I think it was 2010 in July. And that day was a day where we had booked Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks coach, to come to ESPN to promote his new book. And Pete and I uh, and a bunch of his people were kind of walking around ESPN. And I had set this big scheduled up for Pete um, to go on all these different shows. And probably an hour into his visit, he was on Mike and Mike. And then right after that, the news came across that George Steinbrenner had passed away. And the way ESPN works is when somebody passes away like that, that's a big name, that would be considered breaking news, you know, a big story. And in that moment, I know what happens when there's breaking news at ESPN. Everything else that they have hmm. set up on their schedule goes to the side. And so you're, you're not stuck, but you're ultimately stuck with, we're going to go, you know, hard with this story all day. Like, this is what we're going to do. And this is the biggest story of the day. And we have to have guests on it. And I'm here with Pete Carroll at ESPN. And ultimately, <laughs> I, I'm thinking all these shows no longer going to want Pete Carroll on because George Steinbrenner just passed away. And so what happened was, thankfully, a few of the shows were willing to still talk to Pete. Uh, ultimately, Pete was what I call a uh, a, thermo a thermostat, not a thermometer. Hmm. Like he set the temperature in the room when you when you were with him, and I was I was bringing the temperature way down. Like I was all concerned and worried, and pleading and apologizing to Pete. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to get you on all the shows that you came all the way to ESPN for. And he's like, Jason, it's okay. Like you can't predict this stuff. 
we're going to be fine. Let's get through it. And he just was such a, a great thermostat and brought it to a, a level where I was like, all right, I want to go. I want to go to battle with this guy. Um, but that's what happens at ESPN when there's yeah. breaking news. And ultimately, it was one of those days where there was nothing really we could do. Um, but I did get to spend a day with Pete Carroll, which was, <laughs> which was pretty fun. So Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Jason. I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And uh, thank you for being such a good testimony, man, and a witness for our Lord and Savior. So thank you, man. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great talking with you. I really appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you, Jason.